You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to an episode of NFT 365, and we are chucking through October. I can't believe it is already October, which we all know just means we are one month away from November, almost that 30-day mark. And you know, I remember you know Crypto Business Conference, who of course sponsored our podcast for a good while. You know, I remember when we signed up, and I was like, "Wow, that event is going to be exactly 30 days from the end of season one." But man, that felt like forever away. But we are we are moving closer and closer, and so uh, excited to be on that journey. And, and you know, lots of changing, lots staying the same, but also you know, in an interesting time that we're you know currently in. I think one of the changes that you know excites me is you know not only the idea of innovation for the the what's best for the the greater community, but also I, I'm a huge fan of competition breeding innovation. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, here on the podcast this episode. And, uh, you know, first big shout out, you know, we are, this is Friday's episode and uh, we launched our AI art pieces today. And wow, uh, you guys showed up. Uh, we we sold out in 21 minutes. Both of the the pieces that were dropped were, were gone in 21 minutes. Uh, last Friday, it was eight hours, which blew me away. And 21 minutes today was uh, pretty magical. And so I, I say thank you. And you know, for those that missed out on this one, don't worry. We're going to have two more pieces that are dropped uh, this upcoming Friday on the 14th. Uh, same process, same uh, you know kind of setup with, at 11, 11 a.m. on October 14th uh, on Nifty Gateway. We'll be dropping the next two pieces. But actually, that kind of like leads perfectly into what I wanted to kind of talk about today because you know one of the questions that I've received, you know, I've actually I've actually sold NFTs on now four different marketplace platforms. Uh, And I don't think a lot of people have done that, but I'm not saying it from a bragging perspective, but more of a, like each of them, I was using them for a a strategic reason, right? There wasn't just, I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna try this one brand new. And I think that is one of the things that we're starting to see. And, you know, it was funny on yesterday's episode, you know, I went all the way back through the history of uh, NFTs. And I, I know many of you were really thankful for that episode, you know, kind of added some context to some things that maybe uh, you weren't as familiar with. But, but one of the things that, you know, it hit me was like, I remember that January day when Looks Rare came out. Actually, you can probably go listen to the podcast episode on that day. I think it was January 16th um, when Looks Rare came out because I was like, man, it's about time we saw some competition for OpenSea. While at the same time, I was like, I'm not really sure this is actual competition because is it just an alternative or is it an innovative approach to capture a lot of the audience that is already there? Right. And, and what I mean by that is I think about it here in the podcasting space. I mean, Apple, when I started my first podcast back in, uh, you know, I don't remember how long ago it was probably, I think it was 2012, 2013. I started my first podcast Apple owned 98% of the market share of consumption of podcasts, 
Now they own roughly like the rumor is somewhere between 85 and 90%, which is wild to think because the amount of podcasting apps are ridiculous. There are so many apps. And when Spotify threw their name in the hat, when Google threw their name in the hat, when you know we saw some of the big players kind of like double down, you know, you would have thought that it would have really hurt the market share of Apple. But let's face it, a lot of that, you know, if podcast listenership had also grown rapidly, that possibility of capturing new people was there. But the problem is, if you're not trying to capture new people discovering podcasts and you're trying to change people's current habits in consumption or habits in using, that is a hard play, my friends. And if it doesn't make it cheaper, (laughs) it doesn't make it easier or doesn't add technology in the place where technology doesn't exist, it can be a very difficult grind. And I would argue like I consume all of my podcasts today on, on Spotify. And part of the reason is, is I love Spotify, their music. I've used their music app for a good while. I also like just the, the, um, the mobile app experience for, I like, and the one thing that I think Spotify does way better than Apple is social sharing. Right? I can share Spotify podcast directly into my Instagram stories. When I drop the link into Discord, it drops as a embed play bubble versus if I drop an Apple one, it's just a web page link. Right? So for me, that social share functionality of Spotify combined with the interface that I was already using helped me jump from being an Apple podcast consumer. For a little while, I was a Stitcher app podcast consumer. And then I jumped over to to Spotify. If we think about that in what we're talking about right now in the marketplace world of NFTs, let's not even let's not even talk different blockchains, which we all know I love talking different blockchains because we've been buying an NFT in all of these different blockchains. But I said this early on when Magic Eden laid down the gauntlet and said, this is our launch pad. This is how we are launching projects. These are the different ways we are spotlighting projects. I did a podcast episode and I said, watch out. It's not a competitor of OpenSea, in my opinion, but it's an innovator that is adding features that OpenSea better embrace and better figure out. Now, when the market, you know, and this was pre the market kind of where it's at, right? So we had Looks Rare. And then, of course, Coinbase NFT Marketplace came out. Um, And then we have, you know, Crypto.com Marketplace. And then, of course, we have the art side on the Ethereum, right? So we have your, your nifty gateways, your super rare, your known origins. All of these marketplaces existed. And, you know, I made the prediction at the start of this year that one of my bold predictions for NFT projects was that we are going to have to see NFT projects own their own marketplace. And shout out to Crypto Chicks. Crypto Chicks just launched their own marketplace on their website. But interestingly enough, when I made that prediction, I didn't take into, a, in, into account that there could be some innovative players that were already part of the ecosystem of NFT launches that could throw their hats in the ring. And this week, my friends, we saw two of them kind of throw around some like, uh, hey, we're not playing around. And one of them happens to be MetaMask, right? So MetaMask, without question, the number one um, app for Ethereum-based uh, you know, NFT storage. And it, it stores way more than just Ethereum. But uh, when it comes to Ethereum, and MetaMask is number one. They're, like, they're number one through five. And then you could go down to some of the Coin Wallet Connect ones, like a Rainbow Wallet or you know, Trust Wallet or some of the ones there. But 
what MetaMask just launched is their own portfolio page within with on the website, right? So let's face it, the the mobile the the web experience for MetaMask has been atrocious. Like, I, and that's me being nice. Like, me being nice is calling it atrocious because there, you know, your settings for your app. Where did you create them? In a in a pop up in your browser, um, configuring the name, configuring your notification, configuring your security in the pop up of a browser. I mean, call it you know paging uh, nineteen ninety nine. Like we've we haven't managed settings of a mo- of an app in a browser since 1999, 2000, or early 2000s. And MetaMask, that's where they were making us play. Now, fast forward to this week or last three days, they rolled out what they have as a beta portfolio, which actually opens up, uh, if you open up your your MetaMask um, browser pop-up, right, that you have, you know, we all have, um, that we're used to clicking on, you know, in our, in our browser. And uh, mine's working very slow right now at the moment. But it'll pop up and there's like a little blue, um, icon, a little blue, blue highlight link um, underneath like your uh, activity tab and it says portfolio site or you can just go to it if you want to skip the steps portfolio.metamask.io and what it's doing right now and this is where uh, you know you might, have, you might be like wait Brian this isn't a marketplace this is just a window into our wallets you are right that's what it is at the moment but let's face it how have we been able to get windows into our wallets prior to this, right? We've had to use apps like Cointracker.io or apps that are like gem, gem.xyz would, would give us that, right? We've, we've had to connect it into different marketplaces. But how weird is it that we have a wallet that, is, that we own because we have the, the, the seed phrase, but yet for us to truly um, look into our wallet, for the most part, we've had to go to a third-party site. So MetaMask rolling this out, in my, my opinion, is the first step of them starting to allow us to mint and create NFTs directly in the MetaMask you know, economy, right? In the ecosystem of MetaMask. Now, you might be saying, okay, Brian, that, that's interesting, but what does that have to do with where the game is going today? Fast forward to the announcement that came out today. Manifold.xyz put out a tweet thread. Um, and I definitely recommend you know going and checking out the the whole Twitter thread. I'm not going to run through the entire Twitter thread, but Manifold, in my opinion, laid down the gauntlet and said, "Hey, this is what we're going to do." And so they created the Manifold Gallery. Now, for those that aren't familiar with Manifold as a, a brand or a company or what their role is, they've been creating or really been the um, they've been the hub for simple creation of smart contracts and getting your things onto the blockchain with ownership, right? You can mint an NFT on OpenSea, right? You can go on OpenSea and you can mint it, but it, it is an OpenSea contract. You as the, cre- you know, the, the artist or the creator, you don't own that contract and therefore it doesn't go into, you know, your indiv- you know the contract is actually linked back to, the, the, uh, to OpenSea, with Manifold, you could go through their system and their you know and set up your um, your entire smart contract, build your entire um, piece, and mint your NFT onto the Ethereum blockchain, and you own the actual um, you know smart contract. You own the entire piece there. Now, you know I just recently did it for a second time uh, with a collaboration piece that we did with Sabit. Um, and I minted my my collection there, and I'll tell you, it was super uh, simple and the center, you know, really easy uh, to create. You know, allowed you to upload your your um, 
your art. It allowed you to add in some code if you wanted to. Um, you could do your ASCII. You could create your ASCII um, in there. Uh, you could even use their test net that they've created. But what they announced today was the Manifold Gallery and what they're calling the Marketplace for Creators. And so what, they, what their um, announcement said was, it is a zero-fee marketplace and sales ecosystem enabling anyone to list and sell their work while rewarding those who help creators find their next collector. And so what they're actually doing is they're not taking any fee, but what they're going to do is they're actually going to give a percentage of the fee of the, you know, what's sold to people that share a link within the manifold system to collections, right? So if I'm talking about a collection here on the podcast, and if I share, if I go into a collection, I get the manifold link and I share it in the show notes of the podcast. And one of you click on that and buy that NFT, I'm actually going to get a percentage of that for being the one that actually shared it with you. Basic affiliate influencer marketing, but not basic in the sense that if I share an OpenSea collection or a known origin collection or a nifty gateway collection or a coinbase.nft collection, there is no percentage shared with any person that is sharing the collection, right? It's all, you know, between the creator, the collector and the the marketplace. And so this is a very, that, that alone is a very interesting uh, component. But I think more so than anything else, the other part of this that is really interesting in my in my book is that this is also closing one of those disconnected loops. Like Manifold, you know, for many of the projects that you love, they've been minted using Manifold. And, and it's just, you know, yes, some people have, have built their own contracts from scratch, but a lot of people, and, and here's, a, here's a little secret, a lot of Web3 agencies are selling you like, let us build your contract for you. And you're going to pay them thousands of dollars and this is what they're going to do. Um, tell us what you want in your contract. They're going to go over to GitHub. They're going to find people that have shared that code for those functionality. They're going to take that. They're going to copy it from GitHub, which is free. They're going to walk over to manifold.xyz. They're going to paste that in there. They're going to pay just the gas price to create the contract, which might be you know, 50 dollars $100, $200. And then they're going to come back and say, hey, we created the contract for you. Here's the contract. Here's all the, the components that you want. It's a little inside baseball because that's just the way that, that a lot of this is working. And so why is it a big deal that, in my opinion, that Manifold got into this gallery marketplace game is, first of all, they've already been kind of the, the creator's best friend for getting NFTs on the contract without having us to feel like we have to give away um, you know, the, the ownership rights and so on. The other thing that Manifold has been in the game is that the team behind Manifold have been looked at as thought leaders and innovators in this space since I discovered NFTs in Clubhouse. I remember the rooms that they were doing in Clubhouse early, early on. Um, and what they were actually doing. Not only have they been proven in that side, but they've also been proven on building test nets and, and, and really being in the know um, with what's going on in the space. The other thing that they did with their rollout is they actually have a mobile app that you can actually, or a app that you can build on top of, right? So the idea that you can now create landing pages, drop pages, using manifold without having to do anything else because it's one thing before right like what i would my you know and let's just paint this picture for everybody here right 
I, I created the contract on Manifold. It was automatically pushed to OpenSea. I'm the owner of all of those NFTs. I go through and list them on OpenSea. You buy them. And now that, that's how it worked. Well, guess how it's going to work inside of the Manifold creator system? Is that rather than you, know, you having to do it that way, you can actually mint them, the contract, and then create a drop page for the launch. Now, this goes to why I went to Nifty Gateway, right? Nifty Gateway is not only a curated gallery and marketplace that has a very seasoned team, but they allow fiat purchases as well as crypto purchases. They, they have kind of like a 2.5 web solution, so you don't even have to have a wallet technically to buy one of the, the Nifty Gateway NFTs that we minted. But the other reason that I love it is that they create a drop experience for the launch of my collection and I own my smart contract. What Manifold is, is kind of like taking it a step away from like the, the, the fiat purchasing, right? So Manifold doesn't have some of the features that Nifty Gateway has, but what it's created is it has many of the features that have been missing or have been ultra exclusive, only available on OpenSea, only available on Coinbase NFT launch page, only available on crypto.com launch page, only available on known origin if you were pre-selected and you went through the application process. So what Manifold is ultimately doing with their play here is they're giving the everyday person the ability to create a drop-like experience on Ethereum for zero additional fees. The question becomes, what is OpenSea? How do they adapt to this? Now, this isn't a drag on OpenSea conversation because... I've dragged on OpenSea plenty, right? I felt like their lack of innovation, their lack of communication, and let's just face it, their customer support early on was atrocious. They've slowly improved that part of their, the game. In the last two months, we've seen lots of innovation on OpenSea, right? We've seen the trending collection um, inside of stats. We've seen better data on the landing page of collections. But we also saw last week, they actually rolled out their own launch pad, Breaking news, uh, I was correct right here. Go back and listen to the episode. When I said, when I saw Magic Eden's experience, I came on the podcast and said, my friends, you will see this inside of OpenSea in the near future. Because being able to click on a collection that's launching, look at the name of the founders, read the white paper, understand the team, understand the allow list date, the pre-mint date, the launch date. Magic Eden did it first. Or at least first for me. I, I, I hate arguing about who did it first because someone's going to tweet me and say, didn't you know this one app but that has only been used by three people did it first? I don't care who did it first. But what I do care is when Magic Eden kind of became an authority on that and it was a great experience, we knew OpenSea was going to have to take, take notice on that, right? So they, they did that. The other news that came out from OpenSea today, and I'm not usually into dropping a whole bunch of news on this episode, on podcast episodes, because I love this being evergreen, but the context of this episode I think is important. But we have other breaking news, and this is a big one for, well, people like me. If you are people like me, where your degen addiction exists when you're not on your laptop, well, I got good news for you. I, for one, love my mobile phone, and I know... I'm a security guy and everyone's going to say, Brian, I can't believe you use your phone. It's a higher risk. And, you know, and most of you have MetaMask on your phone. But how many of you even knew that OpenSea had an app? I'm going to wait. Most of you are like, wait a second. 
I probably didn't know that because for the most part, even if you knew they had an app, you opened it and realized you couldn't buy, you couldn't sell. And if you wanted to, to list things on OpenSea from your phone, you had to use the MetaMask browser. Well, it came out today that OpenSea is rolling out and it's going to be rolled out to everybody in the very you know, next couple of days, I believe, um, that they are rolling out now the ability to buy, sell, and list NFTs connecting to your wallet using their native app. Now, I, for one, have used their native app for a, a long while, but I didn't use it for, of course, buying and selling because it wasn't there. But if I wanted to show somebody my collection on my phone, I would simply open up their mobile app and I could actually toggle and I, I can look at it. I could also look at like my activity log, right? I could look at the activity log uh, on OpenSea. I could look at the history of collections. I could look at the stats. So a lot of the things that I, I actually liked since day one, I've liked the OpenSea app. But I was definitely annoyed that for me to use my mobile phone for buying, selling, and transacting, I had to go into the MetaMask browser. So guess what? Guess who did the, the buying and selling in a mobile app first? Magic Eden. I've bought and sold most of my NFTs on Solana, Magic Eden, using the Magic Eden app because it was directly connected to the Phantom Wallet, which also was innovative. So the reason this is important is that when we're looking where the market is right now, here's why this is all matters. When Looks Rare dropped their 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 marketplace, and and they, I like Looks Rare, I, I I use Looks Rare. I'm a fan of what Looks Rare has built. But the difference was Looks Rare was trying to steal people and attention from OpenSea during a bear during a bull run, and all the people are like, I just want to go where the attention is. I just need to buy. I need to get my FOMO on. The difference is right now we are in a bear market. And in my opinion, Manifold doesn't need to steal that many new people from launching on these other play platforms. What they're, what they're doing is they're setting up to be the onboarding gateway for all of the new blood that comes as the market tide switches. And so that's why you hear people say, you know, the most innovative companies build during a bear market, right? And, Everybody's heard this, right? Amazon launched during the first recession there in the late 90s, right? Like Amazon launched their quote unquote book company during a recession. Well, part of that reason for that building during those times that are tough is that it isn't about stealing attention. It's rather building something that is so good that when re attention returns, they're going to go to you just as much as they might go to someone else. I personally, at this moment, couldn't see a reason for building, for using the OpenSea um, minting process on their website unless you were using their launch pad. If, if, you were, if you were coming to me right now and saying, Brian, I want to launch a collection, I would tell you, hey, if you're not approved on known, known origin, if you don't have someone that you know that is a curator on Nifty Gateway, and your focus is to be able to leverage you know, the greater marketplaces, I would tell you, you know, you need to use Manifold and you need to build it through that as the, the ecosystem there. The other thing that is beautiful here, and this is what Nifty Gateway did really well as well, and it's how they got me, was all of the NFTs that we are buying, buying and selling on Nifty Gateway, all of the ones that you create through Manifold, guess what? They also exist and are available on OpenSea because OpenSea is a, just a third-party platform that pulls from the blockchain, it's no different than eBay, right? Like they don't own any NFTs. OpenSea doesn't, right? 
eBay doesn't own any products or services. I mean, one could argue it, Amazon doesn't either, right? Other than their own original collection. And so this is such an interesting play because simply being the aggregator where current attention is was what be- turned OpenSea into a multi-billion dollar company. But what we're going to see moving forward is who's bringing people in with new attention, new features. And I'm going to tell you something. If I find a collection that I like and I have the ability to get a percentage of it for sharing it with you, the community, versus sharing an open C link and getting nothing, you're damn right I'm going to share a Manifold link. Not to mention the fact that Manifold's not taking a percentage where OpenSea takes 2.5%. Think about that, right? Think about those different variables that are in play. The last thing I just want to call attention to as far as innovation that we're also going to see is not only are we going to see wallet innovation, because that's coming very much very soon, we are also going to see apps that are going to token gate natively create mobile experiences and plug in to existing solutions. One of the apps that I am you know, very blessed to you know, be close friends with uh, is a past guest of our podcast is Zealous. And so I'm just going to tell you, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Zealous also happened to have um, some big news that was dropped uh, today. You'll have to check it out on the Twitter feed. But Zealous.one, what they're doing is they are turning our conversations of Web3, which means Twitter, Twitter spaces, podcasts, video content, and they're, they're providing us a hub and a home that not only we can, we can use that to record and, and, and share out our content, but we can also token gate it and use it for utility building for future, for our NFT holders. Zealous is one of those projects and one of those tools that you're going to see other tools that are going to be having very similar solutions. And the beauty of this is they're all going to be agnostic to what marketplaces we're using and which um, wallets we're using. So my prediction from this is that we're going to see OpenSea make some very drastic changes in the, in the very near future on how they do affiliate marketing and how they do their creator fee percentage of their 2.5%. We're also going to see uh, marketplaces like um, you know uh, X2, Y2, we're going to see some of those type of marketplaces have to figure out, are they just a marketplace Are they a marketplace and an onboarding and minting platform? Are they a marketplace, a minting platform, and a smart contract creator? Because right now, Manifold kind of laid out that uh, as their um, roadmap. Now, the truth is, we don't know if this business model is going to work for Manifold, right? How the the hell is Manifold going to make money if they're passing on their fees to the people that are sharing the links and they're only collecting a fee percentage on, on another spot, right? They're going to they're gonna have to do advertising. Maybe they're going to do it within um, the smart contract. Maybe they're going to take a percentage off of uh, off a second. We're going to have to see where that evolves because it's all great to make these claims and do things that take away a lot of these fees. But you know what I like more so than anything? I like innovative companies that have a plan to keep their lights on. And I'm not saying that Manifold doesn't have it. And they might have put it out in the announcement. I did not uh, do that research that far enough. And if I do find that out, I'll I'll kind of tie back to that in a future episode. But stay tuned for some of this innovation because I think Looks Rare is going to change things. I think Crypto.com, Coinbase NFT Marketplace, all of them are going to have to adapt to what Manifold is doing. And they're going to have to take notice. OpenSea is now, uh, their, their mobile app is now actually something that's a good experience. 
That's a big game changer because Nifty Gateway has a mobile app as well, right? So we have to think about all these marketplaces, all of the different variables that go in. The last thing I'll say is don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And I guess who puts eggs in baskets anymore? Anyhow, I think that's like a, a saying that we've used since like the beginning of time. It's like, it's like when people carried water on their head from the river because they didn't have running water. Apparently, that's when we probably put eggs in baskets. I don't put eggs in baskets. But the narrative of this is be very careful. And you might want to go back and listen to an episode I did last week. And the episode was simply, do not lead yourself to a point of no return. Lots of people have done this already in this space. Do not build in a place that does not have the ability for you to have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, probably even a plan Z. Because that is the part that I think is going to be the hardest thing for us to choose. For the last 18 months, it's like, where do I choose where attention is and where it's easiest for me to market? Where we're going to go very soon is where can I select which gives me the most value today but doesn't screw me over if they disappear or something better comes in the near future. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for giving me what is the most important and most valuable resource of our entire lives, which is your time and attention. Uh, with that being said, use your time and attention for me. If you want to, you want to thank me, you want to, you know, give it forward, share this episode out on social media, uh, tag some of your friends, put it in your favorite discord, let them know, Hey, if you want to tune into an episode, you know, check out this podcast episode. I would greatly appreciate it. The team would greatly appreciate it for us. That's what this is all about, right? If you, the, the, the equity, the social equity that we're asking for is simply hopefully to subscribe, you know, pound that subscribe button on whichever app you're listening to this on, and then just do us a favor, share it out on your favorite social channels, let people know about the podcast. And as always, until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own.